common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katsimatidis and Cats at Night on 77 WABC. Welcome back to the John Katzmatidis Cats at Night Show. We were talking about domestic issues, issues right here at home in New York, and now we're going to go across the world. Ambassador John Bolton, he was he's also the author of The Room Where It Happened, a White House memoir. He served as the president's national security advisor, as well as the ambassador to the United Nations. Welcome back to Cats at Night, Ambassador Bolton. Glad to be with you. Uh, ambassador, what the heck is going on in Ukraine? I... I happen to have lunch today with uh, uh, Henry Kissinger. I mean, one interesting guy, 99 years old, and his mind is 100%. And he says we should not let, we should not let Russia get away with aggression and then negotiate with them that uh, right now they're out of weapons and uh, they're buying weapons from Iran, they're buying weapons from North Korea. Uh, What say you? Well, I'm glad, uh, number one, that uh, Henry Kissinger is, uh, is, is still functioning uh, at 100 percent at 99 years old. And good, good for you for having lunch with him. And I'm also glad that he said we should not uh, allow Russia to get away with this unprovoked aggression. He was quoted, uh, I think, back at the Davos Forum shortly after the invasion in February. Uh, and the quotation may have been wrong, but it, it implied kind of giving up something to, to the Russians. And, and uh, well, I, that's I what J- James Savridi said, too. And today, uh, at lunch today, he says, no way. We should not reward fantastic. them for their aggression. That, that's fantastic. I'm very, I'm very glad to hear that. And he's right. Th- this is just when you think the Russian military can't perform any worse, they surprise you and perform worse. I mean, great credit to... Ukraine here, I'm sure we were responsible for part of it with intelligence and other assistance, but but great credit to the Ukrainians. They pulled off a huge disinformation operation by talking about a southern invasion for weeks, maybe months, and they attacked in the north. Uh, I think this is real trouble for the Russians. Uh, there's no chance now, I think, that they can ask for a ceasefire while they're retreating. That That would be a signal of weakness on their part. Uh, that I don't think they can afford. And I think for the first time in this war, this defeat is significant enough that it will have political effects inside. Putin is endangered, but but he's in more trouble now than he's been uh, since the invasion. And I think we need to think about how to take advantage of that. John, this is Pete King. Let me again commend you for always taking this hard line toward Russia and against all aggression. Uh, the only danger, not danger, the question I have right now is if you, if you were in the position to make decisions, if Putin is in trouble or if the Russia is in trouble, what is the danger of Putin lashing out and using some sort of nuclear weapons? Well, you know, I, I think that's, uh, Pete, that's a, that's a key question because uh, th- this is this is the uh, the one thing that Putin has that that uh, would really change, I think, political opinion in, in the West. And. Uh, I've been asked before, do you think Putin will use nuclear weapons? And I've always said no, except in the circumstance where Russian troops were fleeing back to the Russian border, where there was some chance that Ukraine had been so successful they might be about to cross the Russian border. Now, where we are now after this Ukrainian success in the north is not that point, but it's a lot closer to it than we've been before. And the potential risk of the use of a nuclear weapon is not so much to change the battlefield, but to strengthen Putin's position at home, because his weakness, I think, leaves him vulnerable, and it would take some kind of dramatic step 
uh, to avoid. Now, we're closer to that, and I think it calls for a little prudence on the part of our uh, political and military planning, but, but not to slow down continued Ukrainian progress if they can still make it. John, with the cold winter, do you expect Germany and other allies over there to stay, uh, stay strong? Well, this is what I'm most worried about. Um, you know, some people think that Putin has overplayed his hand by cutting off the gas. They point to natural gas prices going down. I, I don't think that's the in Europe. I'm, I'm, I don't think that's the cause of the decline of prices. I think like oil going down here, it's more a reflection of a fear of recession coming in the near future. Uh, and I do think Putin has other uh, gas pipelines that he can cut off and other pressure he can put on. I think uh, the odds of that happening are increasing. And despite uh, uh, some happy talk from some of the Europeans that everything will be fine, Putin knows that the weakness of the NATO alliance lies in France and Germany and a few other European countries. If he can split them away from Ukraine, if their domestic concerns about their economy can be can be brought to the fore, then I think the odds of Putin getting a satisfactory uh, outcome here, at least not a terrible outcome from his point of view, against Ukraine increase. The discussion at lunch today uh, uh, with one of the J.P. Morgan guys that was at lunch um, was that Germany is thinking of, uh, of going out and uh, with a large expenditure and putting solar cells on every house in Germany. I mean, when are these people going to come to reality that you need, you probably need, uh, you know, nuclear reactors. But look, they made a mistake in saying they were going to give up nuclear power. They became dependent on Russia when they were warned as far back as Ronald Reagan not to become dependent on Russian oil and gas. Uh, look, the, the, the desire to have cleaner energy is uh, commendable and all that. But the, the life of the people, the economic well-being of the people requires having a little bit of common sense when you go about it. And if you want to power your whole economy on algae, good luck. It's not going to work. You're 100% correct. Uh, and uh, the, uh, the discussion with Kissinger went that uh, this goes back all the way to World War II. Uh, don't forget, half of East Germany was uh, part of Russia, and uh, there's a little bit of love there. And there's a little bit of hate with the Brits because they helped the U.S. defeat Germany. And I, well, it's, I it's mean, that's a little bit historical. Yeah, no, but it's complicated in there. There's, there's no doubt about it. I, I think today most of the Eastern European governments, Poland and the Baltic Republics, uh, are are much tougher on the Russians than they might have been in the past. I'm I'm more worried about the Western European countries who have thought that they were uh, safe, really, from the kind of thing that's going on in Ukraine today, but who are actually, in some respects, more economically vulnerable. And that's the pressure point Putin will look for, probably looking for it pretty hard right at the moment. What else would you like to say? Uh, I keep repeating on my lunch, but I'd rather hear from you, too, in your opinions. Well, I think this is uh, this the, the Ukraine crisis should be a learning experience for the United States and the Europeans, uh, because as we've talked about uh, before, John, on your program, th- this crisis and 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 a lot of things going on before it have brought Russia closer to China, and China's threat, given the size of its economy, the relationships it has with the U.S. and Europe, uh, is a threat that I think we're becoming more aware of in the United States. It's also happening in Europe, but they're not coming along fast enough. And I think that's something that we should be paying more attention to because we can restrain China's 
belligerence much better if we have Europe on board. And at the moment, I don't think that's where they are. I am going to interview uh, uh, Kissinger on our show, I guess, next week or two. Uh, But uh, has China learned their lessons with the mistakes Russia has made? Well, I think uh, they've learned lessons. I, I'm not sure they're necessarily going to be less aggressive. I think I think they've seen what can happen if your military isn't what you think it is. I mean, our intelligence missed a lot about Russia. We didn't predict it would be this bad. you got to believe the Russians didn't think it would be this bad either. So if I were China, I'd be looking very hard at the People's Liberation Army to, to be sure that they're up to what the – is being reported to the civilians in Beijing, and uh, because if, if it's not, that could leave them in real trouble. Ambassador John Bolton, we're out of time, but I want to thank you for everything you do for the United States of America. Speak out for it and continue to do for it, and, uh, and we'll talk again real soon. God bless you. Thank, thank you so much, John. Thank you. Uh, we're going to be taking a break, and we're going to go be going to Lou Dobbs to tell us what the heck is going on in the financial market. And when we come back, we're going to have Joe Ithia, who was the economic development person in the Bronx, and he says, this congestion pricing for the birds.